Picture this. The journey ahead starts here together, and together we can build a brighter future. You are listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. Welcome to Illuminating Hope. I'm your host, Tina Johnson, Community Partnership Manager. I'm here with my co-host, Marianne Matheny, CEO of Hope House. And together we want to welcome Josh Crumley. Josh has two decades of experience working with hair, and he has worked with some of the best stylists in Kansas City. His favorite part of the job is being able to combine his love for creative adventures, storytelling, and personal relationships with numbers, organizational tasks, and leadership roles. Josh excels at being able to really understand, support, and fill the needs of his staff and clients. Over the years, there have been many role models, salon owners, Instagram moguls, celebrity stylists, and amazing educators who have impacted his journey. Outside the salon and inside, Josh enjoys all things music, playing it, listening to it, watching it, traveling for it, and sharing it. If he could be anywhere in the world at this very moment, he would be by the water listening to Eddie Vedder playing a live acoustic set. Josh has been a part of the Skyline family since 2008. Hey Josh, welcome to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope. How so glad you're here. Well, thanks for having me. You're owner and operator of Skyline Salon, which is located downtown Kansas City at the crossroads right in the Firestone building on the fourth floor. Correct. Yeah, we're in the Firestone building. It has the big Abdiana sign on the top, too. Some people find it that way. Uh, Right on the corner. Can't miss us. Your salon won Best of Kansas City back in 2022. And I want to read just a little blurb of something that I found on your website, which I think is really cool. And by the way, you have a very cool website. I want you to tell us all about that, too. So it says, we are Kansas City's Curious Hair Emporium, and we're here to elevate your hair. Tell me about where that tagline came from. It kind of came from a lot of thinking amongst the staff and and conversations, and we were trying to come up with words that really defined what happened behind the chair a lot of times, and curious was one that came up a lot, and whether that's about what it is we're trying to accomplish with the service itself or just finding out more about you, the more curious we are, the better the service, the better the rapport, the better the, the experience for everyone involved tends to be, so... It really just became more of like, a, oh, that's what we do here. We're just we're just curious all the time. So, so it's almost like a, an indirect type of way to get your clients to say, I really think I'd like this or that. But if you yourself are curious, it's almost indirect for them, which is a fantastic thing. Yeah, exactly. It's more, we're open. We want you to be open. We're going to talk more about it, but we're a safe space in all of the ways. And so curious was just one of those fun, like easy to digest words that kind of encapsulated a bunch of different things. So it ended up being just the word that kind of pops out right in the middle now. I love it. And I think it, to me, it also goes well with your logo. Just like, can you talk about that? How you came about getting your logo? Oh, yeah. So our main logos, they both came from uh, Charlie Hustle, designed by one of the designers over there. His name is Brandon. He did a great job. A lot of music is a part of our background. Also at Skyline and the culture there, you'll see it everywhere in the salon. And so it was really important to me to have some kind of 
musical reference in the logos. I like Easter eggs a lot too. I got a lot of tattoos and most of my tattoos are little Easter eggs of stories of my life as well. And so inside of the the logos even, like one of them is a Duran Duran inspired logo and the other one is a band called The Cramps. It's a Cramps style logo as well, inspired by. And so if you went and looked at our website or check us out or anything, you'll see it if you're if you're familiar with those bands at all. That's where it came from. It, it's been really fun to, to see it out in, in the wild too. We have stickers and shirts and hats and all that stuff too so sometimes you see them out and about and it always is like it's fun to see that but it's just so creative the hair industry is a creative industry as a whole the types of folks that gravitate towards that line of work also tend to be very creative minded and hair is just one outlet for that creativity for a lot of folks a lot of us myself like I do music on the side some people paint some people read write poetry do yoga there's always like extra it seems like it's not the case with lots of artists but they have their their medium that they they prefer, but that's not good enough for <laughs> for that itch to really be scratched. It has to be something else. Maybe they go home and they cook or something like that, and that's actually how they feel the most creative because it work all day. They're being creative, but it's also work. So right. it's like commissioned work every day, opposed to just free form, true artist work. You know, just no rules. Interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I love the Crossroads District. I think it is just an amazing spot. It's one of my favorite favorite spots to go in the Kansas City area. There's so much, not only rich history, but artistic talent down there. So you guys being right in the heart of that is just amazing. Yeah, it's been great. We opened 15 years ago. So it was in, in 2008, which wasn't a super great time to open a business, but we did it anyways. And it was right in the middle of an area of town that was on the come up, but it wasn't there yet. And so a lot of folks also were a little curious about that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not being on the ground floor also. We're on the fourth floor of the building. That was not something that you typically saw in Kansas City. That was safe for like places like New York and Chicago. And the ground floors were for higher rent spaces and up above were for the salons and the studios and whatnot. Um, but we decided to bring that to Kansas City and see how it would work. And 15 years later, we're still doing it. And everyone around us is has grown and the area around us outside the windows, which hints the name, like you see the entire city all the time. It's completely changed in the past 15 years. We've seen all three three lights go up. We've seen Rock Hill Grill across the street. We saw the Indigo go in. I mean, it's just everything around us is is different than what it was, all for the better. And so it's been really exciting to kind of be watching Kansas City grow literally from our from our windows. Paving the way for the art culture in Kansas City. That's, I mean, Absolutely. that was certainly part of the deal there. And the space, also it's a big open space. And so we do use it for artistic purposes outside of just hair. We do First Friday events and we invite an artist to come in and sometimes display their art. Actually, in one of the episodes of Queer Eye, one of the artists just happened to be on the wall uh, for one of the episodes. And so if you're looking real close, once again, another Easter egg, but in the background, there's a, a local artist art on the walls back there, too. So that was kind of a cool moment for him as well to have his art just kind of accidentally be in a national television show like that. You mentioned Queer Eye. Skyline Salon was featured on Queer Eye, season three, episode one, and also season four, episode three. They mentioned you guys were a hip hairstylist in the heart of the crossroads. I found an article in Kansas City 
www.queerwithdigby.com. It was from March 2019, and it said a quote from the Queer Eye Fab Five. When they were asked the question, what local salon or stylist do you think is rocking it and why? And they gave a major shout out to Skyline Downtown Salon. Tell me about what that meant for your business, your staff, the Kansas City area, the whole nine yards, and what kind of experience was it personally? Oh, yeah, sure. That experience was a really fun one, really eye-opening experience just for like getting to see how a show like that operates from from the back end side of things and not just what you see on Netflix and just like with everything else like what I thought how it went and how it actually went down couldn't have been more different we got real lucky and fortunate they happened to be in our building they were on the seventh floor while they filmed in in town and obviously they were trying to keep it as quiet as possible but moving in that many people into the building we noticed very quickly and so I went out and reached out to them welcomed them to the building the producers came down checked out the space They immediately fell in love with the space. I try to be as helpful as I can. Uh, I guess it's Midwest just built into me or something. So I was offering anything I could to help them out, whether it was some of my space to store some of their stuff or just a friendly ear to like give them some ideas. And I didn't really think they would take so so much use of it. And I didn't mind, but they used me all the time. <laughs> like they would call me for anything from, like I said, storing stuff in the in the space to all the way down to like maybe looking for help for, for their heroes. That's what they call every person that's on the show as a hero. And I always thought that was something they had planned months or years in advance before they showed up. They were literally trying to figure some of those out like real time yeah in real time so that was really interesting and then for the staff and all the clients during that time it was also really fun because occasionally you know they'd get in the elevator and one of the guys would be in the elevator or something like that but you don't expect it in Kansas City so they get off the elevator and they're always kind of confused like was that just that guy that's on that Netflix show? And you're like, yeah, that was him. Like, why? And then you had to let them know, well, they're in the building and they're filming. Oh. And then the word started trickling out. Then we had, like, fans that would, like, come. They figured out they were in the building. And then we'd have, then some new rules started happening in the building where we had to, like, chase away, like, people trying to take pictures and that kind of stuff. And Because they were also trying to keep everything as under wraps as possible because it's part of their show. You know, they don't want all the stuff to get spoiled. And it was also neat just to kind of build a relationship with the producers and and some of the guys on the show themselves while they were here. Jonathan, he would come down to the salon and work in the salon occasionally. He'd have friends and family come into town. He'd use the space and so it was nice to kind of just work alongside those were always fun days too because he would be there working along just like he was one of us and everyone was always like that guy looks just like that guy from that TV show. <laughs> You're like, no, it is him. It is him. Like, Why is he doing here? Like, oh, trust me, I mean, we're cool, but we're not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, now you look back and the guys have TV shows and Jonathan has his own product line, which we carry in the salon, and it ironically has nothing to do with him being like a, attached to the salon in any way. His product line is actually just really, really good. So, What's the name of the product line? Uh, simply JVN. That's just what it's called. And it's it's a really great line. It's not our main line that we carry at the salon, but it's one of the supporting lines, and we've been really happy with it ever since we brought it on. All the other guys are just getting it as well, so it was kind of fun to see the very beginning of the launch of their careers. Not something you planned, just happened. It, I love that you were in the right place at the right time. And yeah, I think that's the yeah. spice of life. I'm actually a planner by heart and by nature, but everything that's really been good in my life... I haven't planned at all. Like, Isn't it that ironic how that happens? It is. It's just just stay open, stay curious, and just see what happens, I guess. And It's I your guess. flowers for opening in 2008 during the housing <laughs> crisis. Right. 
There's something along that head, just like, if you can stomach this, buddy, you can get through anything That's or whatever, but challenging. But overall, it's actually, I guess when you're passionate or you love something, like, even the challenging times, you kind of accept them not as, like, a negative, but just as part of the process. Right. And well, it's a growth opportunity when you get those. And when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. But when you come out on the other side, you're like, oh, I... Okay, I can see what I got from that. But I'm just so curious what it's like day-to-day in your salon. I just have this vision of all these really fun, cool people doing hair and, and your clients being very creative and outgoing and just really fun, cool things coming out. I'm very boring and very just like <laughs> middle of the road. And I, But I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so fun. Tell me about that, just what your day is like. In the salon, I would say our, our demographic is, is pretty diverse from ages to styles to personality types. It is surprising, I would say, if you looked at our staff, it's it's a mostly young, energetic staff for the most part. The clients, they also just kind of range. You'll look around, you'll see kids getting pinks and purples and oranges put in their hair, and you also see middle-aged women and men just getting their haircuts to, you know, make sure their boss doesn't get mad at them kind of stuff, like, and everything else in between. And we just try to be open and having fun as much as we can. Uh, that's It's a pretty loose environment. I stress really early on on when people come on that I don't micromanage them. I treat everyone. I try to at least as, as, as much like an adult as absolutely possible and I expect the same in return and it works out almost every day really, really well where we all can kind of be ourselves. Not a lot of strict rules around dress codes or even like hair and makeup rules and that kind of stuff, which are some of the stuff you do see in a lot of hair salons, which I understand why they exist, but my opinion on it is I want the providers to be the most authentic that they possibly can be. I saw somewhere that like they actually did a study and they, they found that authenticity radiates at a higher frequency than any other emotion a human can put out. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be really fascinating. And I, and I agree. I, I've never saw it from a scientific standpoint, but I've always felt it. Like that authenticity is the best. And when someone is not pretending to be anything, whether that's the way their boss wants them to look or the way they think society needs them to look or act or what they're supposed to say, here, not say there, if they can just be themselves, you're going to get the best out of everybody that way. Right, so right. we try to create an environment that every person that walks in feels that way. And the, and the feedback that I receive a lot is we're a high-end salon, we're a luxury salon, and I think a lot of people assume that there's a level of pretension that comes with that. And we try to really fight against that, and That's because it's just not true. I also understand where it comes from, because I look around at my industry and I see that. I see where normal people that don't want to have crazy stuff going on with their hair might look at some place like that and go, oh, that place isn't for me. And that's just not true. Come on in and we'll prove it to you. And that's what we're trying to do with staying curious, staying open, reaching out, doing community outreach stuff, not trying to just put ourselves in this box of if you don't meet these certain standards or this kind of income, you can't hang with us. Like that's, that's not us. You guys would be so cool to hang with. I just have to tell you. <laughs> well, thank you. Definitely. I took a PR class one time and they did say that authenticity builds your credibility. And I think that's why you've been open for so long and your conviction behind that. Okay. So Skyline Downtown Salon is a part of the Hope House supporting community. Talk to me about your conviction behind the why. 
why? Well, I think there's there's a lot for me that goes behind it. One, there's domestic abuse that exists in in my extended family, for sure, that definitely had some long-term effects on my family as a whole. So the topic as a whole has already had a, a strong point to me and my story and my background. And then obviously as a salon, we have a lot of male clientele for sure, but we do cater to a lot of females. And females in particular tend to use the salon space as a place to talk and to be open. And we hear a lot of things. And most of my employees are female also. And they also have lives and they have boyfriends and they have their own stories as well. And so all of that as a whole, I really felt like as a group, this is something we can all get behind, whether that was a personal reason like myself or a lot of other people have their own personal reasons or their clients that they've talked to that have had stories. And as a way to just also reach out to the community, be a part of something. You're not the only organization we work with in that regard, but I do try to pick out organizations that are little Easter eggs to my story. And so this is another one of them. There's an Easter egg there. If you want to know something about me, there's an opportunity you can talk to me and I'll, I'll be open, I'll be honest, I'll tell you what happened, I'll, you know, all that stuff. We can talk about it. And also, I think being curious and being open and, and having conversations is where people gain the most knowledge, the most understanding, and everyone just becomes the most human. So the salon is kind of one of those weird places where all of those things kind of happen all the time. And whether it's something heavy, like domestic abuse or something lighthearted, like a vacation or something, like we're there, we're going to talk about it all. And so, yeah, that, that was one of the main reasons why we got behind it. And you guys have just been really easy for us to reach out to and for you guys to also be willing to help and whether it's one of our events our first friday events or right now we have the toy drive going on at the salon so we're there collecting toys for the kiddos and we even do a thing at the salon where i don't punish anyone for being a little bit late if you're ridiculously late that's a different conversation but i get it we all Mm -hmm. get a long line of starbucks or whatever maybe we hit the snooze button one too many times (laughs) i'm not gonna write you up for it i'm not gonna but what we do do is i collect a five dollar like parking ticket, if you will, and we donate all that money back to Hope House. That's just what we do. So we just collect it. it. I want to talk to all your employees really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting stuck at I-70, shut down. Yes. Every every day. day. (laughs) Every client. Yes, and I thought that was just a nice way of just reminding someone, hey, it's not the end of the world, but it it is annoying and it's not ideal, but for five bucks, if you want to donate five bucks to a good cause, and if I'm being completely honest, I stole it from my driver's ed teacher in high school he used That's to do that right. to us too like <laughs> we'd pay five bucks he'd donate to sad which was students against drunk driving yeah. at the time i think mm-hmm. they changed the name now but that's what it was called then and you could get out of getting a, a tardy on your like where you get a detention or whatever and it was like a little parking ticket and i always felt like that felt fair to me so i just copied it I just did a presentation about domestic violence, how it escalates around the holidays. And so I want to share with you the great things you're doing. I'm assuming that the toy drive is obviously for the holiday store, for Christmas, for kids. And I was talking to our COO, Eileen, about the presentation that I was preparing for the corporation I was I was going to talk to. And she said that there's been reports and the police departments will come to her if things like this happen, but where an abuser Christmas morning will throw the tree and the presents out and light them on fire. And so we are that place that they'll come to in order to make sure those kids do have a gift. The police 
departments do know that they can call us. And there's been times where the abuser will break in while everyone's sleeping, steal everything, and they wake up with nothing. And there and again, we are that place. So with what you guys are doing, believe it or not, we may have some things left over for a reason. And it's the reasons in cases of where the violence really hit home, Christmas Eve, Christmas. Yeah. And so, so we it, it's awful sad, but man, we thank you so much for doing that because that's a huge help, giving the kids back a little bit of joy that was stolen from them. So we just thank you so much. Well, yeah, no problem. Like I said, as a high-end luxury hair salon, I'm, I'm not blind to the fact that that is a privilege that everyone that walks in to our space gets to have and that people that walk into this space likely hasn't or something bad has really happened and it's been taken from them. So all of that, it's just kind of a nice way to try to keep some kind of balance to what we do and not get too outside of ourselves and stay grounded. And I think a key piece of that is not only are you collecting toys or you're collecting the parking tickets, but as you do that, then you are also creating awareness because somebody may not have heard about Hope House and what we do, but they've learned about it because you're collecting toys. So I think that's really a piece that we give enough credit to that how important that is. The toys are one and we'll have families come in on Christmas Day and we will have things for them or for those that aren't even in our service at that moment either. We can help them. But you've also just planted seeds so that, or Easter eggs, so that that somebody who may not need it at that moment or may not realize what they're receiving, they can access that later on. And that's priceless, really, to be able to know that those things are being planted all over the community. Oh yeah, especially like resources like this. It's one of those like you you want to be there but you don't want to be so out there that it kind of like takes away from what you're trying to do at the same time. And so having just anyone out there that that, that knows but can go out and spread the word and talk about organizations like you guys and all that good stuff. But yeah, why wouldn't you want to do that? Well, and I think, too, you said it earlier, you said that you're a safe space. And we were talking a little bit before we started about how clients can come to you and there's a bond, there's a relationship that forms between a client and, and a hairstylist. And you can become that safe space. And so people coming into your salon learn quickly that you are open to that you're curious, you're willing to have those conversations, by doing that, then you are opening them up to be able to share their story or have you help them connecting with the right resources, those kinds of things. And that's really life-saving. I don't know that we always think about it like that, but those connections can be the, I guess, the strings that tie you to the other people and, and can keep people alive. Yeah, I think it's it's really important when you when you ask someone how they're doing to get a real answer from them and not just that quick like fine or good, but a real answer like okay. how are you really doing? And when people are able to talk to you like that, then you start learning a whole lot more about everything, like life, how people operate, how relationships operate, how friendships operate, and then you start becoming a little bit better at being able to figure things out when people are saying fine and they don't mean fine, and you know how to just dig just a little deeper and get a little bit more curious and, and allow them and, and make them feel safe and like that you're not going to judge them like you're okay everyone's good here and it's amazing I've been doing hair for uh, going on 19 years now and the amount of stories that I have that are there some of them are super heavy stuff too like little old Josh in hair school would have never thought that like some of the things that have happened just in, in a conversation not even talking about hair right now like just talking about people what the job itself will put you in front of or behind and sometimes it's 
it's weird. You go home and sometimes you feel like you could have done more, and then sometimes you can't believe how much you did with so little. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool thing to, to experience, I think. The transparency and authenticity is priceless. It's such a, actually a huge blessing to all your clients. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say transparency. It's actually on our website as well as something that's another word that the salon that we just, it's something that means a lot to me. It's how I treat my staff. Like if, if we're doing good, I tell them we're doing good. If we're doing bad, I tell them we're doing bad and I show them why we're doing bad. So no one ever feels, hopefully, I've never got any feedback that anyone ever feels anxious about the business. No one is feeling anxious around how they're doing their job or any of that kind of stuff. Transparency with clients, trying to be as transparent as possible about the process, about how much it's going to cost, how we're, how long it's going to take to get there. And then just from a conversation standpoint, like I'm telling you the truth. So like if this is a story that happened to me, this is the truth. I'm not cleaning this up for you. I'm not making it sound better than it actually was. This is just what happened. And I want the, and I love it when I get the same back. Transparency breeds transparency. I feel like people feel it safe does. when they open up. I think so. When you know you're in a judgment-free zone. Yes. And you can be transparent, I think. Especially if you're isolated at home or in a domestic violence situation. That is a huge Thing. Yeah, I think the thing with uh, with domestic violence in particular is the amount of conversations where you'll hear something and then there's an immediate downplay behind mm-hmm. it. Those are the ones that I seem to hear the most. You're like, oh, that, that's not right. Like, that, that's not how that's supposed to go down. You'll hear that. But in our role, I feel like we have more of a responsibility to say something about it. Like Other people, they might just kind of brush it off because it's heavy a lot of times and people don't want to deal with it. So it's just easier to not just be like, oh, that's crazy and just move on. Like, tell me more about that. Like, right. That's a better question. I mean, I think you bring up a, a very valid point. It's very heavy. People don't want to talk about it. People don't want to think about all of the horrible things that individuals do to other individuals. And you're not social workers. You're hairstylists. You're not social workers. So I, I understand that. But I think the environment that you have created allows for those conversations. And if it does get too heavy for someone, then at least you know where to direct people to go and, and you can hook people up with resources and not have to carry that burden by yourself. Absolutely, yeah, and that's why partnering up with with you guys is also great for that as well, to have a resource. Right, because you can call us and we can have those conversations. That's what we are trained to do, that's what we do, but we don't always get to meet those people. So those connections, hooking us up with those people that need us is key. And again, I, I applaud you for what you've done because you really have created an environment where people feel safe, people feel like they can share their stories, their tragedies and humanness that they have and and there's so much self-doubt and so much shame that people who are experiencing domestic violence carry and that doesn't have to be a part of their experience and you make sure that it's not yeah that's um well thank you we try yeah i think the interesting thing with hairstylists when you look at social workers when you look at therapists i think a lot of people if they're having a problem they look at those people as like authoritarians of some kind and so they might be afraid to really open up to them and they see us as peers and we get the much more raw versions of stories than I think a lot of people realize at times and so a lot of times we can sometimes be the first person to just be like hey you need to go talk to someone about this because this is above my pay grade at this point but I know something is wrong here or sometimes we are the person that just has the idea that maybe they all the other person had but um, we give them like the permission to go actually do it and I think that can sometimes be a lot for people that are struggling with a lot of different things uh, from domestic abuse to substance abuse to 
even just going to the gym or a New Year's resolution, like something simple. Sometimes just having someone in your corner just to give you a shove is all you need. Why not us? Well, and so many times when you, again, in domestic violence, the control has been taken from that person. They don't have control over their own lives. And so by being the person listening and then offering resources, but then also saying, this is up to you, you get to decide what you're going to do with this. Here's the information. And then that gives the power back to them. That gives them control over their own lives again. Rather than you jumping in and saying, I'm going to call for you and I'm going to do this, you're giving them the permission to do it the way that works for them. It seems like when people are off in some way, whether agitated or something, if you can figure out where they've lost control, that's normally the the place. Mm -hmm. It's always about control of some kind. And sometimes that's just part of about getting curious. you got to figure out. Like Sometimes it's not about how good or bad their hair looks. Sometimes it's not about how good or bad their day was. It's it's far, it's something way deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. if you lost control of something 10 years ago and you haven't gotten control of it again. And that can be a little bit more difficult to figure out. But it's interesting sometimes with certain clients over years and whatnot, you start figuring stuff out and you almost start working through it with them. And we kind of touched on a little bit. We're not therapists. We're not trained to do that. I respect therapists a lot. I've had quite a few in my life. Uh, All of them thank them a lot for what they've done, but I'm certainly not one of them. And so sometimes it does hit that spot where you're like, all right, I'll help you out in the meantime, but let's go talk to someone who actually knows what's going on get that control back. Because once you get it back, you'll be good again. That leads me into, there was a 2021 House bill in Texas that was passed that stated, and I'll paraphrase it because I don't have the bill right in front of me. It said that it is required for hairstylists and cosmetologists to have domestic violence awareness and sexual violence awareness education prior to renewing their licensure, which I think is every other year, if I'm correct. In Missouri, it's every two years. In, yeah. yeah, in Missouri, it's every two years, not not necessarily Texas. How do you feel about that? Do you believe that that would be something that's very beneficial? Because I know industry-wide, I'm sure that people who sit down in your chairs are vulnerable and maybe would feel your authenticity to open up. Do you think that would be a good thing to mandate or not a good thing to mandate? I love it. I think it's a great idea. I'm actually surprised that it's not more part of the conversation. Some of the stuff they talk about in hair school is fairly antiquated from a stylistic standpoint, but they still make it, you know, a point to teach you it, which I understand it from a foundational standpoint. It has some relevance, but if we're struggling with finding time to talk about something in school, we could cut that out, in my opinion, and put more therapy-based conversations into education. Inside the salon, you know, we, we keep education going all the time, and mental health education is part of it as well, but I do think from an industry standpoint, like I was saying, we're surprisingly the front line of a lot of this stuff. You really in. are. And unfortunately, salons also aren't immune to having you know domestic violence find its way into the salon sometimes too. I mean, we've, right. even locally, we've had some issues in, in the past with women getting killed in their salon space and salons being really disrupted by folks coming in. And so having as much resources and knowledge for anything that could possibly happen inside the salon, whether it's literally one of the stylists or anything having an issue themselves, all the way to 
every one of the clients, which is a lot of folks that come in and out every single day, both men and women too. So having a resource for, for all of them and is really important. What kind of education specifically would you want if it was for your staff specific in the behavioral science field in yeah, domestic I would say violence? Learning body languages for sure. Certain things that I feel like after decades of doing hair now that I've learned just from like social interactions with people. Like when people do this more, that typically means they're closing off or how do you open them up more to this or how do you, but to recognize it for more of like a, these are behaviors that addicts will exhibit. These are behaviors that victims will exhibit. These are behaviors that I think those are all key things that we can kind of figure out because as many people that come in the salon, like it's hard to really know truly, truly what's going on all the time uh, until you really get to know them well. But on a first case, you, you know, is this person just more introverted than I'm used to? Is this person a little bit more fidgety? Maybe they're on the spectrum of some kind. Like we're just trying to figure stuff out a lot of times and having more resources to kind of figure out like this is a telltale sign would be really helpful. Do you have situations where a partner will come in with your client as that could be a controlling behavior? Not, not everybody that comes with a partner is an abusive person. Sure. But one of the things that happens in domestic violence situations is isolation and keeping somebody isolated from family, friends, the community. Part of that is also monitoring or being with them at all times so that they can't be exposed to someone who might be able to help them. I just was curious if that's ever happened where you've had someone in your red flags start going off going, hmm, this doesn't look right. Yes, that has happened. I won't say it happens a ton, but there's mm-hmm. definitely been situations where to figure out if the other person is there for support or if the other person is there trying to control the way this person looks. Mm-hmm. And and in relationships, that can get also kind of tricky, you know, mm-hmm. like especially if the guy's like, I really like you with blonde hair. And is that just a, like a, a nice thing for him to be saying or is he there because it's something more egregious like you better be blonde right done here yeah exactly and so those and there's been situations where my spidey sense was going off Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah I don't know if it's just this dynamic that I don't like or if it's, I don't know what's going on here. That certainly has happened. Well, we sure appreciate everything that you do for our Hope House community and the survivors that we serve in the Eastern Jackson County area. What message or advice would you like to convey to the listeners as we wrap up today's episode? By all means, I don't want to really make this, I mean, we've talked a lot about the salon, but it's more about being open to your neighbors and when opportunities for you to do the right thing present itself, do it. Just, it's so easy just to say something nice to someone, to hold the door, to just say, how are you doing? And you mean it. Like, it's so simple. So that's all. Just do that. That's a huge thing. I always have this motto, treat humans like humans. Yeah. (laughs) I have a 15 year old son and he was in the car the other day and we were talking and he was like, I'm doing pretty good with the girls. And I said, oh yeah? I was like, that's (laughs) that's good to hear. And he's like, yeah, I got a system. I was like, oh, you got a system, (laughs) do you? A system. I said, hmm. Okay. What's your system? He goes, well, I, I keep it pretty simple. I call it a treat him like a human. Oh, love it. And I was like. Sounds like good parenting to me. That's, that's going to do you well, buddy. <laughs> that's that a good system well. to that's have. That's a good system. Good. It's a <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Josh, thanks so much for all you do. Hey, no problem. Thank you for listening to Illuminating Hope, 
a podcast of Hope House. A special thank you to our newest recurring donor, Julie. Learn how you can support Hope House and domestic violence survivors by visiting hopehouse.net.